the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show as we head into our third hour. 602-508-0960 is our number. I want to tell you about our Crisis at the Border event coming up May 25th. You're not going to want to miss it. We have now added Sebastian Gorka, who will be joining us. So it's Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, Andy Biggs, and me. May 25th, Crisis at the Border. We will have visited the border the day before on a tour with Andy, but we'll meet with you on the 25th to talk about it and the progressive agenda more generally about which the border is one symptom. Uh, 960thepatriot.com is where you can go to get your tickets. It'd be great to be there. It'd be great to see you there. Me, Biggs, Gorka, and Gallagher. Come join us. It'll be, um, it'll be great to get together over good conversation and really some of the most important topics that... Um, that uh, affect us right now. Someone who's always had his finger on the most important stuff deeply is uh, my good friend and guest host, Dr. Zudi Jasser. Uh, wears several hats in our community. Uh, the head of Jasser Center for Comprehensive Care, his medical practice, obviously, and expertise in that area is the former uh, former president of the Arizona Medical Association and also the founder and president of the uh, American Islamic Forum for Democracy. Uh, you talk about uh, public health. You talk about uh, what's going on, uh, particularly right now in the Middle East. Uh, the world was made for Dr. Jasser. I'm delighted he's my friend and my guest. Doctor, how are you? Great. It's always good to be with you. Always Back good to now. be with you. Thank you. Yeah. We, um, we used to have you in every Friday, and now we've reduced it a little bit uh, just uh, because of scheduling, busyness, and uh, understanding over COVID. You, you walked us over the past year. Zudi, Dr. Jasser, through understanding uh, the various uh, elements of COVID. Uh, Today, the CDC said something um, in its new guidelines for the vaccinated that uh, was called Neanderthal two months ago when Texas did it, and which Anthony Fauci said was asking for a fresh outbreak at the same time two months ago when uh, governors in places like Mississippi and Texas said, if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask. Biden and Fauci couldn't condemn that fast enough. Today they're celebrating their new idea. You tweeted the CDC proves yet again their pronouncements are so pathologically late that they simply stick their fingers up to the wind rather than any rational scientific leadership. How do you fall science when it's completely changed month to month, Sudi? Yeah, this is... This is why, uh, you know, our centers for research, NIH and others are all about medical research and they're not about public policy. There's so many steps removed in, in expertise between bench research and data collection and actual rational public policy. This is sort of the fitting bow on, on, on 12 to 18 months of idiocy coming from the CDC that uh, pretty much had clarified to everyone that, you know, they often will will let the press releases be guided by interns, maybe internally, rather than anything rational. I mean, even the New York Times, when you have the New York Times fact-checking you uh, and you're on the far left, you know that there's a problem. 
And the New York Times even said the CDC was using data on outside transmission related to a Singapore study that actually erroneously ended up using data from people that had been indoors rather than outdoors, claiming a 10% transmission rate, when in fact it was fractions of a percent, if anything, measurable at all. And we've proven, as you said, from Texas, Florida, now Arizona, and so many states that removing removing the the mask requirement outdoors did uh, did very little to change the uh, incidence and harm regarding COVID transmission. So the CDC basically, uh, I think, is proving that it's from a public policy PR perspective, it's completely useless, if not harmful. Zudi, I, I, I was my jaw hit the floor uh, on this one. That same New York Times article you're mentioning that came out a couple of days ago. In the eighth paragraph, in the last sentence of the eighth paragraph, there is this sentence. I should like to read it to you uh, directly, uh, direct quotes. There is not a single documented COVID infection anywhere in the world from casual outdoor interactions, such as walking past someone on a street or eating at a nearby table. Holy, not a single documented COVID infection anywhere in the world from casual outdoor interactions. That is not what we have been told. I know. And and for crying out loud, that's what we were asking for when they were demanding closure of gyms yeah. and other things. We're like, can you guys document, at least if you're going to discriminate on businesses indoors, let alone on this outdoor data, we were screaming, the public was saying, show us the data. If you're going to put masks on our kids, show us the data. If you're going to put masks on people outside uh, and doing sports, our kids were forced to wear Masks running in in uh, track yeah, relays, right. which is absurd. Right, right, and and yet there was no data for it. I have a mother who called in earlier, Zudi, uh, Ch- uh, from Chandler, and she said her child had a waiver from wearing a mask at a certain charter school they send their child to. But the school said because someone uh, at the school, and they won't say whether it's an administrator, a teacher, or a uh, student. Uh, someone contracted COVID at the school, and now the waiver is no longer uh, accepted, and the, all the children have to wear masks again. I, I'm betting dollars to donuts the infection was not picked up at the school. I'm betting dollars to donuts it was probably an adult, not a child. But regardless, the idea that the children need to be wearing masks, her child in this particular case, she was telling me Zudo has, Zudi has anxiety problems. These masks are particularly hard on child with special, children with special needs, intellectual disabilities, and whatnot. They really are. The studies there are pretty compelling and pretty upsetting, the way children need to read ma- faces, read expressions. If a children is on the autistic spectrum, it's a real serious issue that we just seem to think nothing of. Oh, it's just patriotic. No, it is not just patriotic. It can be very harmful to kids. No, absolutely, and and like you said, from the psychological to the uh, uh, faceless nature of their interactions, teachers can tell uh, based on a not only a, their you know now it's only based on verbal responses. That's right. Before they could look at a kid's face in the class and tell if they're disengaged or what harm uh, could come. Uh, let alone uh, the breathing in constantly of, of you know smaller kids uh, wearing a mask uh, and their own secretions. And I mean it's just. It is absurd. And for what reason? There was no reason. There were no no kid transmissions uh, in child and children, let alone adolescents. Uh, and those who were positive were found randomly because we were testing them, not because they were symptomatic. I still have to find any data on admissions uh, related to hospitals on children younger than 18. It, it, there's no data there at all in this condition. It's much worse on the flu and other conditions that we've 
we've you know pushed through every season. So it's just a, a government imposition pushed by teachers unions and others uh, on the back of bad data from the CDC and other places. WHO now is talking about new variants, et cetera, complete global and domestic organizations that have political agendas and really not based on science. And, uh, and Zudi, th- th- that makes me want to uh, then ask this question. A doctor friend of mine in town, whom I think you know, but in any event, a doctor friend of mine in town said, you look back over the last year and a half, the institution that may have taken the worst hit is the notion of science, what we've done to the notion of science, the way it has been politicized. Some people have said, well, we're not going by real science. We're going by political science. And and I don't love that because there are some political scientists that looked at the real science and they got it right with political decisions. I'm thinking of someone like Ron DeSantis, Christy Noem, a handful of others, you, me. Uh, we, we, we're political scientists and we got it right. Political science is about merging facts and values. Science itself is about telling the truth. And it, that is what the problem became because of a lack of honesty by those who were calling themselves the scientists we had to listen to, don't you think? Oh, yeah. And, you know, the bottom line is, is yeah, there's no doubt. There's always been, I mean, to this day, the most uh, advanced medical community in the planet, which is America, and you have any condition, most patients will attest to the fact that even the best experts they know, they still go get a second, third opinion. There's Even though the literature might have some consensus, sometimes with physicians you'll get different responses. That's the scientific debate. Now, you put on top of that political exploitation of that data, and you have an unbelievable uh, uh, destruction of the foundations of American Oslerian medicine back from William Osler, which is whenever you infiltrate it with political exploitation, you end up destroying the facts that even many experts can agree on. And we saw that, you know, hints of it back when the Lancet report came out. 15, 20 years ago about how many deaths there were in Iraq. We, we've seen it now with some of the you know, race, racialization of medicine and the debate happening and things like that. But at the end of the day, this last year has taken that to the unbelievable nth, nth degree and hurt the validity and respect of the medical profession. I think you're right. Can I keep you one more segment and do AIFD stuff on the other side? Absolutely. Zudi Jasser, president and founder of the American Islamic Forum for Democracy, will talk about the Middle East with me when we come right back, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Delighted to have Dr. Zudi Jasser with us, among other um, hats he wears in our community, and by our community, I mean really the world community former member of the uh, uh, internationalist, uh, International Religious Freedom uh, 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 Coalition. I, wa- uh, I wanted to uh, have Dr. Jasser on in his capacity as the president of the American Islamic Forum for Democracy. Zudi, um, every eight to ten years, it seems like, there's something that is fairly routine that takes place in Israel. And by routine, I mean the kind of thing that happens in America Every, every day, and then it gets exploited, perhaps propagandized, and becomes some kind of touchstone, if not excuse, for terrorism. In this case, we had a landlord-tenant dispute in a Jerusalem neighborhood that now means 1,100 rockets uh, being indiscriminately fired into Israel from Gaza. Um, we are now seeing new claims uh, and new arguments, however, though the 
fighting is is the, the the justifications on both sides for the ultimate reasons for the fighting haven't changed. Uh, some of the labeling has. We're now being told Israel is an apartheid state. And Israel should exercise even more restraint because the Palestinians do not have an Iron Dome system or their own state. Uh, how do you analyze what's going on right now? Well, I, I want to put it in context for people. And we just finished our holy month of Ramadan, and we're celebrating our holiday. Happy Eid Mubarak, but, by the way. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah. you. And, and our second biggest holiday of the year. And if you look back in 2014 when Hezbollah was launching missiles, that happened in the last week of Ramadan, and then uh, I wrote an op-ed in the Arizona Republic about, you know, how I was attacked uh, that summer in July because uh, I I attacked Hamas, and that Hamas was looked upon as the the one who was the victim. And here we are again, uh, again another Democratic administration that uh, has basically uh, and Democratic House that has basically given Hamas and Iran the green light that whatever they do will be looked at with a blind eye while we had a Trump administration uh, that uh, had enough uh, peace to strength, if you will, that it intimidated even the movement of the of the, of the American embassy to Jerusalem mm-hmm. did not inflame them mm-hmm. because they knew uh, they would be responded to strongly. So here you have now all of a sudden, it's not a coincidence, uh, Muslim emotions are high uh, at the end of a holiday, at the end of a month, and uh, they see weakness in the West, and they just go ahead. There's been no evictions of Palestinians since 2009 in that area. There's been a back-and-forth shift of populations in that area now multiple times since the Ottomans. So there's nothing new there. This is simply an exploitation of an issue in order to get the Islamist militants and the propagandists. I mean, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, a video was released two days ago, in, in an international television network through Iran that basically they applauded, they, they took credit for it and said that they will continue to launch missiles. And all the while, Representative Ilhan Omar, as, as, you, just claim, as you just reported, uh, basically was saying, well, if Israel has an Iron Dome, then the Palestinians need it. That is a sitting a member of Congress basically endorsing terrorism mm-hmm. of missiles raining on Israel, saying that the problem is that Palestinians don't have the dome, not that the problem is the missiles raining a State on Department defined, A State Department-defined terrorist organization should have a missile defense system, according to Representative Ilan Omar. Exactly. So this is where the, the, the uh, deception and the radicalization, you see the, the you know, sort of the uh, um, Black Lives Matter type movement where you have violence on the streets, uh, you have uh, people screaming in the streets of America from uh, from Alexandria to uh, Palestine, uh, and also they're doing this in Europe and elsewhere. So they have now piggybacked on the on the back of uh, racial tensions in the West, trying to through their red green axis uh, exploit this. And it is not a coincidence that the alignment of the end of our religious month uh, of the uh, two month old uh, weak Biden administration, the Democratic House, and Iran shipping missiles. Slowly, as we saw, uh, a, a, a Navy ship that my friends uh, had served on uh, had hundreds and thousands of missiles that they found uh, that were laid out on the deck. That's a small you know, drop in the ocean of what's been going from Iran to Hamas, and Iranian media is celebrating what uh, Hamas is doing from the level of terrorism. Uh, they, are, they, they are celebrating. We have other members of Congress here celebrating something else. So Rashida Tlaib, member of Congress from uh, Michigan, 
she tweets the Nakba never ended. Um, that 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 that. Am I making too much of this? But she's telling me that the Nakba never ended. She calls the she calls it the Nakba. The Nakba is the founding of Israel in 1948. Translated, Nakba means catastrophe. She is saying that from 1948 till now, she calls Israel a catastrophe. The existence of Israel is a catastrophe. This exposes that it's not the West Bank and Gaza they care about. It's Tel Aviv. It's Haifa. It's Herzliya. It's Masada. That's what they want. And, and you had complete uh, echoing of this from the rest of the squad uh, with uh, Presley and others. Uh, you had basically the BDS movement, uh, which uh, they supposedly, these members of Congress, apologized for supporting when they were pushed about it in 2019 and 20, in which they tweeted support. And uh, American media at the time seemed to pressure them and say, well, doesn't that mean BDS is basically the economic destruction of the state of Israel? And, and their response was, well, that's not exactly what we meant, uh-huh. uh, yada, yada. Yeah. And now we're finding out it was all lies. It's actually true. It's right. not only economic, it's military destruction of Israel that they seek. Zudi, um, the other thing I, I, I just have to say is I think it, it's an ahistorical argument that Ilan and AOC and uh, the other squad members are making when they talk about the Palestinians not having a state. It's not as if they haven't been offered that like five times. The statehood is not what they want, is, is what my judgment is. My judgment is they want a war of factions, tribes, religious claims, nationalist claims, they just want it with no Jews there. That's my understanding of it. That's what I have to discern from five times turning down statehood. Yeah, and that's the agitation propaganda, right? The agitprop, the, the, the Islamists are constantly in rain. You know, they're nihilists. They want to burn up everything. They want to uh, rally the global Islamist community. And let me sort of, you know, end this with a positive note, which Good. is what people are not hearing. These are the radicals that are driving the narrative, and we're seeing this domestically and globally. In the area there, you've got rabbis working with imams in the settled area. I visited the settlements with uh, the uh, um, American Conservative Union in our trip to uh, Israel in 2017, and I can tell you there are many Muslims in that area working with uh, the Jewish community that has chosen to live there, and they're trying to work on ways of cooperation economically uh, through, through startups and other things, so don't let the, the radicals drive this narrative. Israel has to defend itself, and as long as America stands strong, what you don't hear, and another positive, the Saudis, the Egyptians, right. those who signed the Abraham right. Accords, are not coming to the right. saving uh, uh, grace of the terrorism coming from Hamas. And this is not all Palestinians. It's about Hamas and Iran and yeah. Israel. Yeah, we, we need to spend more time talking about the wholesale problem here, Iran, uh, of which Hamas is a is a retail outlet. Dr. Zudi Jasser, you are wonderful, as always, a good friend, a great doctor, and a great analyst on the world stage. Thank you for all your work. Anytime. Thank you, sir. God bless. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602 
1-800-242-5160. My friends at Trades Unlimited are there for all your roofing needs and want me to tell you about their work on foam roofs, which help insulate your home from the hot Arizona sun, but also from exterior noises and water leaks. I've met the folks at Trades Unlimited. I've been down to their warehouse and offices. These are great people with a great work ethic and craftsmanship they stand by. They have an A-plus rating, the BBB, and um, I know why. Just good people who uh, measure twice and cut once and stand by their work. Quality and service is what you'll come to know with Trades Unlimited. They're the kind of small business, family-run company that just, you know, warms your heart. And they're here. They're ours in Arizona. Don't wait until it's too late. Call my friends over at Trades Unlimited at 480-483-1775. That's 480-483-1775. Or find them, on trade, find them online at tradesunlimited.com. Um, listening to the Dennis Prager show today and understanding what's going on with the CDC and the Neanderthal comments and um, – the machinations that Dr. Jasser just spoke of and the late-breaking news that outdoor transmission doesn't exist through casual contact. I was just listening to the last part of the Dennis Prager show today, and I just – it was so good. I asked my, uh, my producer, Bill, to uh, reprise it. Would you please, Bill? Well, you know what? Look, most people walk around afraid. Look at all the people walking around with masks outside. Irrational fear is now the dominant emotion in the United States. Yes, it's irrational for Oprah or or uh, for Michelle Obama to walk around afraid because they're black. Okay, it's irrational. Stop it a second. He's addressing this because of something I did mean to address earlier, which is an interview with Michelle Obama that took place earlier this week where she said she has fear for her daughters driving around in cars. Okay, go ahead. Sorry have succumbed to gigantic idiocies, which are dangerous. If they, if, you know, I don't care if people believe that, that extraterrestrials visited them in their house. I have zero problem with that. It has no social ramifications. A masked society is a very terrible price, especially for kids, not to mention playing sports with it. It is, it is an announcement, walk around afraid and don't see each other. Telling black kids to be afraid because they're black in America? It uh, it borders on uh, child abuse. Yes, indeed. That's right. Beverly is a white mother in Greenville, South Carolina. She tells her son to respect the police have pulled over. In every one of the instances we have seen, wasn't there tremendous resistance to the police? Do we have one instance of just being pulled over, doing nothing? We might. There might exist. There are a lot of police and millions and millions of interactions with citizens, but it's so rare that that you get killed not resisting police. It's it's incredibly rare. As, as As to be unworthy of generalization that's exactly right jeff in sarasota had covid will not get the vaccine his doctor says no need of course there's no need by the way keep your doctor (laughs) 
pretty uh, pretty rare to find a a doctor who goes against Fauci and follows medicine. You got a good doctor there in uh, Sarasota. See, Pora, Michael, Stacy, Mark, the names I don't see. All Jeff. right. There was, a, there was a year's worth of political science in that three-minute segment, a year's worth. So, yeah, Michelle Obama earlier this week talking about her two daughters, quote, I, like so many parents of black kids, have fear in my heart from the innocent act of getting a driver's license. Fear in my heart. Quote, many of us still live in fear as we go to the grocery store, walking our dogs, close quote. Does anyone believe that for a moment? That the Obamas fear going to the store and walking their dogs because of their race? By the way, this notion of being pulled over, as she said, Every time they get in a car, I worry about the assumption is being made by somebody who doesn't know everything about my daughters. Does she even know how policing works, how pullover works? When someone's pulled over and the cops call in or check in the plates, they'd pretty quickly realize that they have a Malia or Sasha Obama right there. And I think they'd know everything about them. If you want to know how good Solar Sandy is, just read the testimonials on her website, AskSolarSandy.com. They're amazing. Solar Sandy has actually figured out how to truly zero out your power bill if you decide you want to go solar. And if you decide you do want to go solar, you want Solar Sandy because it's so important you do it the right way. And she is the right way. She has figured out the formula and has a great deal for Patriot listeners. If you sign up now, she'll pay your bills for one year and your solar panel payments for one year. And you will receive a $1,000 bonus at signing. Power increases are coming. Stop giving your money away to the power companies. Save it. And in many cases, after you go solar, they'll be sending a check to you. To get started, go to AskSolarSandy.com and let Sandy do all the work. Or you can give her a call at 623-850-8229. Again, AskSolarSandy.com. Tell her Seth sent you. One of the most hardworking women in Phoenix. She's great. AskSolarSandy.com. Um, these... Uh, they're not neologisms, but they are neat new arguments using old words um, for a massive effect. The left has done a very good job of that, convincing uh, entire populations and generations that a fascist and a um, and a uh, and a uh, and a revivified Hitler looks like George Bush and Donald Trump and Ronald Reagan, depending on what decade you're in. Um, they've done a good job with that. They have done a good job with redefining the Holocaust. They have done a great job of redefining uh, philosophy, reason, and race. And now their latest in their efforts to um, help put asunder the Western outpost in the Middle East, Israel, uh, they are now trying to elevate the word apartheid, a word once exclusively used for the crimes against humanity in South Africa. It's a lie. It's a slander. 
and it's a terrible thing to do to the memory of those who actually lived through apartheid. Um, Kenneth Michaud is a member of the South African Parliament. He grew up in apartheid, and he told Prager University what he thinks of this libel. There is a widespread allegation, really a slender, that Israel is an apartheid state. That notion is simply wrong. It is inaccurate and it is malicious. And it will not help to promote peace and harmony in the Middle East. Its only purpose is to demonize Israel and to isolate her in an attempt to delegitimize Israel's existence. And because it is so inaccurate, it betrays the memory of those who suffered through a real apartheid. As a black South African who was born under apartheid in the administrative capital of South Africa, Pretoria, I know what apartheid is. I've experienced it. My parents experienced it. But having been to Israel on a number of occasions, I know that nothing is happening in that country that I've either seen or read that can be compared to apartheid in South Africa. Let's remember the major reason Nelson Mandela went to prison, why he was involved with arms struggle. He was fighting for the right to vote, for the right to choose the leaders who he believes in, for the right to move and travel freely, to live wherever one wants, to be educated and to be admitted to the hospital or medical facility of your choice. All these things Mandela fought for because black people never enjoyed any of them in their very own country. For example, when I had to see a white doctor, a white doctor who was prepared to have black patients, I would have to go to a back room, a specially segregated room where black patients of white doctors went, who could never enter through the same door that was used by white people, now compare that to Israel. A few years ago, a black pastor friend of mine went to Israel where he had an accident and had to be hospitalized. When he came back to South Africa, he said to as many people as he could that the people who are talking about apartheid in Israel are talking nonsense. When I was in that hospital in Israel, he tells people, on my right was sleeping a Jew and on my left was a Palestinian Muslim. And in between that Palestinian Muslim and that Jew was this black South African. In private, the Palestinians he was with in the hospital said to him, this Israel is an apartheid state thing, is what politicians are saying. It is not what we are experiencing on the ground. We all need to recognize that those who say that what is happening in Israel is like apartheid South Africa, are minimizing the suffering that black South Africans endured. They are taking the sting out of the pain that we suffered in South Africa. If South African apartheid was what people are seeing in Israel, there would never have been any need for an armed struggle. There would never have been any need for Nelson Mandela to go to prison because he would have all the rights Arabs in Israel have. There are judges in the Israel courts who are not Jewish in apartheid South Africa, you could never have had something like that. You have teachers who are not Jewish, who are teaching Jewish children. These non-Jews in Israel 
have everything that we non-whites in apartheid South Africa never shared with white South Africans. Most South Africans know this. They know that to call Israel an apartheid state is false. That what we suffered in South Africa is not being suffered by anybody in Israel. But to those South Africans who believe these falsehoods about Israel, we say, go to Israel, go and see for yourself. Tell us where you see Palestinians having to endure what we endured during apartheid. As a member of the South African parliament, and in the name of millions of my fellow black citizens of that country, we know what apartheid really was. And I therefore ask those in the United States, Europe, and anywhere else in the world who charge Israel with practicing apartheid to please stop doing so. You are damaging the truth. You are damaging any chance for peace in the Middle East. And most of all, you are destroying the memory of the real apartheid. The charge that Israel is an apartheid state is a lie about the real Israel, and it is a lie about the real apartheid. I am Kenneth Mishwe, a member of the South African Parliament for Prager University. As another uh, South African wrote in the Wall Street Journal this week, there can be no greater desecration of the memory of the victims of apartheid than ripping the word from South African soil, detaching it from its original meaning, and weaponizing it in the cause against Israel. Welcome back, and uh, thank you for spending some of your afternoon with us in a speech in about 25 years ago. Uh, William Bennett was talking about um, getting used to decadence, and he said our problems in the United States are not the result of you know, fantasies of old fairy tales like dragons, imprisonment, hard labor – death, government harassment. These are not our main problems. Our main problems are ourselves. Cupidity, boredom, sloppiness, indifference, and now I would add irrational fear. Um, yes, there is a government that is growing and becoming more and more pervasive and trying to tell us more and more what to do. But what do you say of a listless public that refuses to make use of its freedom and bow to it. What do you say in a society, as Dennis says, where irrational fear is the dominant is the dominant emotion in the United States, especially on matters of health and race, the two matters that have most become weaponized and politicized, two matters that themselves should be removed, frankly, from politics that the left has told us for years should be removed from politics. Well, they're using it now, and they're weaponizing it. And when you weaponize things that aren't supposed to be weaponized, you're playing with fire in the Greek tragic sense. Let us hope we don't end up that way. I'm Seth Leibson. Until tomorrow, God bless you all, and class dismissed. <laughs>